Welcome to an off-season edition of the Hot Lava Podcast. I'm Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. My boss, Dave Posner, he is in the San Diego Union Tribune building in the audio booth. Is that what we're calling it, Jay? Well, we're really, we are really becoming big-time high-tech. It's, it's the audio booth. I don't know if it has a name yet. I'm, 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 okay. shooting, for the, I'm shooting for the Kevin Acey audio booth or maybe the hot lava audio booth. Maybe it'll be a, a competition to see which podcast is most popular. And then we'll, we'll name the audio booth after well, that podcast. So I think this is, um, I think it's our second or third. I think we split maybe our first off season hot lava podcast into two parts. Correct. Uh, and so, uh, but anyway, this is the second time you and I get together to do talk about the Padres in the off season, the general managers meetings where all 30 general managers, some of their assistants, uh, members of the commissioner's office and a whole bunch of media get together. And this year happened to be at La Costa. So that was nice. Um, <laughs> And what happens at these general manager meetings, uh, as we take this on Thursday, they were basically, uh, or we take this on Friday, these were basically Monday through Thursday. Um, there's a lot of housekeeping, yada, yada, yada. What everyone's interested in is this is when the hot stove uh, you know, season starts. Jay, what did you find most interesting about the Padres? Uh, some of the names that you threw out were, I, I thought were interesting. Um, Sonny Gray, I think, uh, in particular seems like a, a legitimate candidate. The Yankees would want to move, uh, based on some of the, some of the tweets from Yankee fans uh, after your story yesterday. I, I remember one uh, in particular said, I'll drive him to the airport. Um, which of course made me think of a Seinfeld episode, but we would almost everything makes me think of a Seinfeld episode. So, uh, <laughs> We won't we won't really go we struggled. won't go into uh, into there. But I I think Sonny Gray and I saw someone else on on Twitter say, oh, I don't want any more projects. I, I don't look at Sonny Gray as a project. I look at Sonny <laughs> Gray as a as a finished pitcher who was who was pretty good for Oakland, and then he wound up in a situation where uh, you know I guess you, maybe he wasn't comfortable and just never seemed to click there. But but I, I think from from what people have said, and he did show some flashes last year. Uh, Sonny Gray is a legitimate guy and and certainly for you know again it's only for one year so the price i wouldn't think would be terribly high for right. him so that was that was one name that that stood out what can you what can you tell us about sunny gray and that's well situation? i'm saying you know, what was it a 4.90 era last year i think what he make a uh i forget what it was but he ended up getting demoted uh maybe it was like half of his appearances were, were starts he ended up getting demoted i think he did start at the end of the season um he wouldn't be the first guy to have struggled in New York, uh, had sustained success. His success in Oakland far outweighs, uh, his, in terms of, you know, the length of it, uh, the, his, uh, time in his season and a half in, in New York. And actually was pretty decent in 2017 for New York after they traded for him. Um, a project, I get it. If you're trying to like, you know, uh, equate him to like a Phil Hughes or, or you know, somebody that that you're hoping against hope, but that's not what this would be. Or even a Brian uh, it, Mitchell it or something. It's not. It's Brian not like Mitchell. that. I mean, this is a guy who was a who was a very yeah. good pitcher. I mean, he had one crummy year in in 16, but he was obviously hurt with only 22 starts. But he started 23 games for the uh, for the Yankees last year and and had okay, almost so had almost a strikeout per inning. Yeah. So look, and it's far more realistic, I think, than uh, Nathan Evaldi. That uh, there's just going to be that was the impression that I got. Uh, there would be a heck of a lot of people coming after 
Evaldi, right? Yeah, that seemed and, to be a little more. When I saw that, I was thinking, boy, I, I mean, unless Evaldi really wants to come to San Diego, uh, it, it seems like he would have better options in terms of you know wanting of places where he could go and win uh, and win right now. Um, and maybe a team that is looking to win right now would be offering more than the Padres. And in no way correct. am I saying the Padres correct. don't plan to be competitive uh, for Evaldi, but. Uh, that, that's just the fact of it. And when you get more people involved, whereas when you're talking about trades, the Padres uh, are coming from something of a position of strength in that they have players, both at the major league level and uh, in the minors for sure that, that people want. And so, you know, you would think in a situation that they might be able to. Right. Uh, and he's only got one year. Something. Someone like Gray only has one year left on a deal. He's, he's yeah. arbitration eligible. He made six and a half million last year. I mean, baseball being what it is, he would get a raise on top of, even having a bad season, but let's say you get you get him for eight million or something like that. I, I don't think that would be any sort of issue. Again, it's a, one of the questions would be how much are you willing to give up for a pitcher who you know is a little bit of a question mark. I mean, you have to say that just because of last year, but in general, is a pretty good pitcher, but only one year before free agency. And you know, what are your what are your chances of of signing him? So you you, but that makes the price a lot more palatable than someone like. Suarez, the third baseman that you mentioned from Cincinnati this week, where he's he's got a, a really favorable contract, I think, for someone who has produced as much as he has offensively. Uh, that would take. It seems like that would take quite a bit more to get than a than a Sunny Gray. Probably, unless you were willing to take on a Homer Bailey, uh, and you know, hey, good. Wow, you'd have someone you could put. Uh, <laughs> you'd have a starting another. That would be a project, right? That would be. I was going to say that's Phil Hughes two point kind of, uh, or <laughs> so Josh be, or Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson six or somewhere in that. I do uh, not think range. that that is what the Padres would be looking to do about this young third baseman uh, with the great contract and the really good numbers the last couple of years. He's coming off his first All Star season, Antonio Suarez, um, who, you know. I think that the, the Reds who are rebuilding, who are looking for, you know, they say pitching, um, but, you know, it is for sure pitching, but also almost anything that you could give the Reds. Uh, the, the outfield, they might be remaking their outfield. Right, so right. I, that's going to be tough. But it's someone that really excites them. Uh, and it seems they are odd he to... would be. It seems odd he would be available. But like you said, if you if you offer them enough, um, you know, or or then then they would maybe be looking to to get four three or four pieces for one piece is kind of the situation right. but i mean you look at um you know 60 home runs 81 home runs the last three seasons uh 60 in the last two um you know the last two years with uh with strong adjusted ops 115 135 so it's not just it's not just the ballpark i mean i don't know that he would come here and hit um you know, 35 home runs playing at Petco, but uh, he could certainly be in the, in the mid to high twenties. So that would be a guy that I think people would get, would get excited about playing third base. It would allow you to put Will Myers uh, back in the outfield again, unless Will Myers is traded. um, And who knows, you know, where that stands. In fact, why don't we talk about Will Myers? Where, where you, you wrote about that this week as well. What, what are we looking at right now with Will Myers as we sit here in November? We're looking at him being a Padre uh, for the time being. And by that, I mean, you know, at least 2019. Uh, I don't think that they believe. No, I can't tell you 
whether the fact that they are giving the impression that Will Myers will be with them and they want Will Myers uh, to be with them and, and be one of their corner outfielders, really they probably would prefer to be left field. Uh, and then that leads me to want to talk about the corner outfielders, but we'll do that in, in a few minutes. Um, I can't tell you whether this confidence in Will Myers uh, has anything to do with the fact that moving his contract would be very difficult. Right, uh, you right. just have to wonder that. But nothing uh, really but uh, optimism about what Will Myers can be, and really that is as an outfielder. I would not personally rule out. Uh, I've, I've uh, read about some guys that have looked horrible at third base, and you know what? You get some practice, you get some time, and you turn good, and I think Will Myers could be one of those guys. The Padres say they do too, but the preference is to get Will Myers back into the outfield. And, and I think, you know, the, I, if I'm the Padres, I, there's not really any reason not to be confident in Will Myers as, <laughs> as an outfielder. Right. Um, if, you, if, you put him, if you're able to put him back there, I mean, there, obviously it's a little bit of a concern only healthy enough for half a season last year, but you know he did play a lot of games in sixteen and seventeen. Um, you know, one fifty seven, one fifty five, put up some pretty decent numbers. I mean, I I don't know that it's worth what they're paying him, but that's beside the point because that's what they're paying him. Um, you know, they don't have a choice at this point. <laughs> I didn't think he was as horrible at third base as some people as some people did. I wouldn't rule out that he could be a decent third baseman. Um, but it, it seems like the ideal would be to put him in left field and then either Reyes or Renfro, I mean, whichever, uh-huh. if you keep one of those guys, they're both capable of playing right field. So I don't even think that's a, uh, that's an issue there, uh, in Not terms of putting, putting Myers, uh, in that position. And then you could have, you know, Cordero or, and, or Margo, uh, in, in center field, again, depending on what other moves, uh, are made you know, going, uh, going forward. But I, I don't see any reason not to be confident in Myers, although I don't know that he's ever going to live up to, you know, what he was billed at one point, but I think you kind of have to kind of have to look past that at some point, uh, and just look at what he, what he is going to produce. And we talked before, right after the season that a lot of the success, whatever success the Padres are going to have this next season is going to be based on Will Myers and Eric Hosmer producing, numbers worthy of what they're being paid as opposed to numbers of what, you know, that they produced this last season. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd say it's far more likely uh, that the Padres, uh, are able to unavail themselves of one of the corner outfielders, Reyes or Renfo, than it is that they get Eugenio Suarez. Uh, so that would still leave them then when Myers moves out there needing a third baseman, and I honestly couldn't tell you what, what they're going to do there. I mean, the options are, 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 are uh, I don't know. It's, it, I would need a, a math degree to figure it out. Uh, and, if, you know, as far as names that you throw out, you know, if I if I – go to the point where I'm going to write something. It's that I feel really good that the team is interested and that they're, you know, and, or there is a, a good probability that it's going to happen. I, I couldn't tell you if, if uh, you know, these guys are going to be in on, uh, on Moustakas or Josh Donaldson. I don't think so, but uh, you know, I think it's far more likely there's some sort of a, of a stop gap to some extent uh, at third base uh, than that they bring in a name, but uh, you know, with AJ Preller, right. We don't, we don't ever rule anything out. That, no, that's uh, that's definitely true. And then one of the things you threw out as well, especially in terms of the trade for Suarez, was the idea of of pitching and cont- controllable pitching that the Reds would be interested in. Uh, I, I'm assuming that Lucchese and Lauer 
<clears throat> excuse me, are at the top of that list. They are, I think, in turn, they're, they're who the Padres believe they could get something back for. We are talking about kids who are under team control for a long time, who, you know, I think it's almost like insulting them to say they showed potential, but you know, maybe that's accurate. It's just potential, such a, like a sticky word. These guys showed they could be back end of the rotation at minimum guys in the major leagues. Uh, and certainly for 500 grand. Um, so <laughs> right, right. Uh, I would think that as a part of a, a package for a team that, that needs pitching and, golly, the Reds could, you know, take you or me and that they wouldn't be any worse um, <laughs> in the rotation. So, uh, um, so Lucchese and Lau are the ones that the, the Padres believe they can uh, actually get something for. So you don't think the Reds would take, like, Kennedy and Lockett instead or something? That might not work. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are going to retool their like entire rotation, from my understanding. So, so who knows? But yeah, um, <laughs> the the uh, it's Lucchese and Lauer, and and look. Padres, all these guys that we talk about, except I really do believe one of these corner outfielders has to be gone um, just because there's, we've, we've talked about it. This isn't because the Padres, you know, think that neither one of them can play or that one of them can't play or the guy that goes is it's worse than the guy who stays, that that'll just be how it works out and how it had to work out because of the roster construction. Um, but the, you know what? Very, very likely that Lucchese and Lauer are here, but Here's the reality on that. The pitching, while it is highly unproven, of course, um, there is a awful crowded competition for the starting rotation. I mean, at some point, you've got to start trading some of these young pitchers. Oh, no question. And uh, I, I would I would have thought all along that at least one of those guys um, would be a value, a fairly valuable trade chip. I mean, it's not like you're going to, you know be able to just treat, so just give him Joey Lucchese and say, give us Suarez. But. The big thing now, and there, there, it lends some urgency to what AJ Prowler is trying to do. It's not necessary that he makes trades here in the next 12 days, but but it would really help uh, in terms of you know needing to fit guys like Austin Allen, Chris Paddock, Anderson Espinoza, uh, Pedro Avila onto the 40-man roster. They they need to make some room. Now, does that look, could they, get, could they just get rid of Corey Spangenberg? Can they, you know, drop uh jose perella sure but but they would really much rather um and all, you know probably it'd be both so they'll get rid of some guys just flat out have to you know uh release them and or and maybe drop two or three guys make a three for one swap that's been the plan all along i would think a guy like a Swahe would be someone who's expendable uh off of the roster and and as as we've written about before and i think jeff sanders especially on this they need to clear what about half a dozen spaces um on this roster right now yes that's accurate could be as many as seven eight but really uh i think five or six yes right so uh i think the, the combination there like we've said of of dropping a couple guys trading a couple guys uh it's it's going to be an interesting what i guess a week and a half uh if the, the deadline's on the 20th um yep so uh, set their roster for yeah for rule five for the rule five um so yeah i i, I think uh you know it, it just makes it interesting going forward. And as you said, they don't have to make any deals now, but it sure would be, it probably would behoove them at this point to be able to find at least one deal 
um, you know, between now and November 20 to uh, to clear some of that space. Was there anything else, yeah, Kevin, would... at the meetings that uh, that struck you? Any of the other any of the other talk? Uh, I know you didn't write about it, but we ran a little story in print today about uh, about rule changes and, and potential rule changes. Did you did you get any sense of of what uh, of what might happen on on that front? No, at first, my, my main focus was really uh, trying to, to, to nail down the Padres stuff, but uh, did hear about that. I, I got the impression of like real preliminary. It's kind of like, all right, we talk about the general managers about this stuff. What happens uh, coming up this week, there's owners meetings and the competition committee mm-hmm. where I think they really will get into number one. Where, where are we at with this whole too many strikeouts thing? Uh, uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, uh, has made it a priority or believes it's a priority, I think, as as all of us would like it to be to see the ball in play more. Um, and, you know, uh, again, the ongoing uh, pace of games, uh, those are the ones where my ears perked up, but really nothing beyond that. Yeah, I saw um, someone, and I I don't know, I, I would give this person credit if I could remember, it might have been Buster Olney but, uh, or, or Jeff Passan, one of those guys tweeted that the maybe the general managers wouldn't really get anything done in terms of, of rule changes and, and, and sign stealing and all that kind of stuff because they all think that they would get screwed by it, that like everybody else wants to cheat, uh, and they don't, none of them tr- really trust each other, so uh, it, it would be more at the ownership level where something like that would... Um, would, that, would that's a good call and, and that goes that's a good call and that goes along with what the official line is is well you know there's not really a problem or, or you know everybody does it or, or you know some people don't think it's a problem or you know so that, that would be uh, probably the more accurate way to put it is well i don't want to stop that rule because we do that right exactly and i, I don't or quite, we might the sign stealing stuff it's like hey protect your signals i mean that's kind of to me that's that's been part of the part of the game i mean it happens in i think uh, the big thing is the technology right the, the technology that's being used that's right. the the big thing because sign stealing is a part of the game forever and and uh well i was it um Dan Hallam, uh, the, one of the assistant commissioners, uh, was talking yesterday and was like, "That's not against the rules. It, it's it's the technology mm-hmm. that's being used." No, that makes uh, um, that makes some sense. So, all right. So the next uh, the next big thing then is November twenty, right? The uh, November twentieth deadline to set those uh, rosters, and you know, and basically what that is, the rule five is, you have to protect certain minor leaguers. If you were signed before you were eighteen, it's after you've had five years, I believe. I could be getting these backward, but I think it might uh, be six before eighteen, or and five after eighteen, or something. Five if you were signed after eighteen, right? Okay. And so, uh, you know, like I mentioned, uh, Anderson Espinosa, Chris Paddock, Austin Allen, Pedro Avila, uh, there's a couple others, uh, perhaps Hansel Rodriguez, but these are, you know, guys and next year there'll be even more, uh, that they have to protect, uh, and make sure they're on the roster, uh, so that's the big thing. And then, of course, the uh, December 9th uh, through the 13th in Las Vegas, the winter meetings and, and uh, evidently get crazy there. Well, and especially in Vegas, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, my, I guess it's just fast and furious there. You and so, you uh, and you and, San- I- you and Sanders in Vegas. I, I'm I, we, I almost feel like we need to send a chaperone. Uh, well, that's to, uh, to, I am Jeff's I am to, Jeff's chaperone to keep you guys in line or something. So, uh, yeah. okay, well, we will. Um, uh, we, we we're it's good to get back on the uh, on the pod train here, and uh, and <laughs> and seemed like a good time to to catch up, and we'll we'll make sure that we we do it again when there's a when there's a development either with a trade or uh 
you know, certainly when the Padres, you know, let some guys go or trade some guys before this November 20 deadline. Right on. Thank you so much, Dan. And thank you, everyone, for listening.